me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Hey everybody, welcome to a Metallicast Mini. I am your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon. Pardon the noise in the background. I am in my car. This is the first ever Metallicast on the go. You see, now that I made the switch to Anchor, I can record and edit episodes straight from my cell phone, which hopefully means an increase in mini episodes, especially since baby Metallicast is very, very close to being here. And once that baby comes, I am not sure how much time I'll have to sit down and edit and record and yada, 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 yada. But if I can do more mini episodes on the go that are slightly less produced, slightly less edited, then I can keep the goods coming to you, the Metallicast Militia. So let me know what you think about this episode, what you think about the idea of more mini episodes, even if they are on the go, like this one is here. Now, why am I recording this one? Well, you see, in a few hours, I'll be sitting down in the movie theaters and watching S&M 2. I have not heard a single piece of audio from this concert other than the very short clip that the band released themselves so the memory remains but of course that is not an original arrangement uh the part of the song i heard sounds exactly like the og SM version from 20 years ago so this is my first opportunity to hear the new arrangements i am super super excited i plan on recording the second half of this immediately after leaving the movie theater to give you my initial reaction. I will have a more in-depth SM2 episode sometime down the road, uh, perhaps later this month, perhaps next month, or perhaps I will wait till the winter because according to an email I got from Metallica, I almost said from Metallica, according to an email from Metallica that I got this morning, the SM2 album will be coming out in February 2020, later than I predicted. I was expecting it to be out before the holidays. I know the original S&M came out in November. The movie, of course, is tonight, October 9th. Uh, So I was really expecting the album to be out before Christmas, just in time for the holiday season. But my guess is, and I could be completely wrong, but my guess is that they want James Hatfield around out of rehab Uh, so they can do a proper promotion for the album. So if that is the case, then I am all for it. Either way, I am all for it because I am just excited that we are getting an album. That's all I wanted. So I will be back in a short bit. Well, for you, it's going to be immediately. But for me, it's going to be a few hours. But that is the beauty of editing. See you in a few. SNM2 in the movie theaters. This is not going to be the most insightful review. Um, 
a full review will come down the road once I can re-listen and truly digest uh, these shows, especially um, the new arrangements. Uh, But I'm here to just give my initial gut reaction, and that is holy shit. Um, again, pardon the background noise. I am in my car. This is a an experiment. I'm trying Metallicast Mini on the go. Uh, you can let me know what you think, but I'm going to let you know right now what I think of SM2. Again, holy shit. I think the first half of the show was solid. Uh, Halo on Fire stood out to me the most in terms of new arrangements. Uh, I think that the original arrangements from the original SM show uh, were still the showstoppers in the first half. The Outlaw Torn, still fantastic. Really, really liked it. But, you know, was not mind-blowing unlike the second half of the show which truly earned my review of holy shit first of all I'm sure most of you have either seen the show in, in person or seen it now in theaters like I just did or you have at the very least have seen the set list online. Uh, So you know that the second half starts with a classical music piece, symphony only, no Metallica. It was fantastic. I thought it was brilliant to give the symphony their moment, something that they did not get in S&M 1. Just thought it was fantastic. And it was a gradual progression back into Metallica from that point on because they did a second classical piece this time with Metallica joining them but really the symphony anchored the entire piece I'm talking about Iron Foundry the symphony stole the show in that particular piece Uh, Metallica laid down a heavy groove but the symphony were the showstoppers in my opinion but then Oh, I mean, I'm a little bit speechless talking about this next one. The Unforgiven 3. Um, you know, again, I got to wait till February uh, when they released the album, Blu-ray, or whatever else they're going to send our way. But my initial gut reaction is S&M 2 version of Unforgiven 3 surpasses the studio version. I'm judging this off one listen. My opinion is subject to change, but that is my initial gut reaction. Just absolutely breathtaking. Beautiful. Beautiful. Orchestra doing the entire instrumentation. The only member of Metallica that performs is James Hetfield, and he is on vocals only, and he did a superb beautiful job of delivering the vocals just absolutely amazing when everybody on twitter and on flick chat was saying brandon 
It is mind-blowing. It is amazing. I had goosebumps. That second half, for me, was what they were talking about. And, wow. And The Unforgiven was just the first part of a one, two, three punch. Because that was followed by All Within My Hands Acoustic. Love the acoustic version. I love the studio version on St. Anger. I know that's a controversial opinion, but, hey... I'll say it. I'm mad enough to say it. But the acoustic version has really become almost a standard at this point um, in a lot of their shows. And the symphony just brings it to the next level. And then that was followed by, I mean, another Goosebumps moment. Another mind-blown, holy shit moment. Scott Peigel of the San Francisco Symphony performs... Anesthesia pulling teeth in its entirety. I mean, that was breathtaking. It was truly, truly moving. Um, I'm going to really need time to digest these new arrangements, especially. I might even do a follow-up tomorrow uh, where I when I sort of have a clearer head and I'm not just rambling like a madman, but I wanted to leave the movie theater and give my initial gut reaction about SM2 uh, because this is an experiment. Maybe you like it, maybe you love it, maybe you hate it, maybe I don't care. I do care. Um, <laughs> but this is uh, an experiment doing a Metallicast mini on the go. It's raw. Barely edited. Barely produced. I mean, the full lengths are barely edited and barely produced. So this is truly uh, me in my rawest form. Um, But yeah, I'm going to end this. I'm done rambling. Like I said, maybe I'll do a follow-up tomorrow where I'm less rambling. But definitely wanted to get a uh, my gut reaction recorded for you. The Metallicast Militia! Alright, so... You heard me a few hours before the movie. You heard me immediately after. And now you are hearing me a day later. I have had some time to process my thoughts. And I'm going to do a brief rundown of the movie, of the show, of the SNM2 experience, if you will. Uh, Like I said earlier, I'm going to do a more in-depth review and break down once I have an opportunity to live with this more. Uh, so most likely come in February after the official release album, Blu-ray or whatever comes out. But this is my initial reactions to what I experienced. First of all, the only preview before the movie was uh, an advertisement for the All Within My Hands Foundation. And seeing that, you know, that is something that makes me really proud to be a Metallica fan. 
Um, and it was really, it was a cool way to highlight uh, what the band has uh, accomplished with that while also encouraging the fan base to, you know, contribute, um, whether with their time or with their money. And I thought that was, a, you know, if you're going to have a preview, that was the perfect preview to have. And I'm sure it was a way too, uh, to, in, I'm sure it was an introduction uh, of the All Within My Hands Foundation to some people who were there who were maybe more casual fans. Um, I liked how the movie started with a brief documentary, sort of uh, giving an overview of the original S&M show, paying tribute to the late, great Michael Kamen. Um, briefly, you know, in a very succinct manner, laid the foundation for the S&M 2 shows. And then once that was done, it was full blast ahead with the concert. Having the show in the round was fantastic. Uh, obviously, Metallica has been doing in the round shows for years uh, and is something that I really like. Uh, so to take that concept um, and carry it over, it just made everything feel a little bit more personal. Um, the original SNM, of course, was a little bit more uh, of a traditional setup with the orchestra in the back and the band in the front. Uh, and this one uh, in the round was just a lot more personal. Uh, um, and it was much easier for the band to interact with the orchestra, which you saw uh, they were a lot more comfortable doing as the show went on. The first half of the movie, um, I thought it was great. The second half of the show, like I said before, really stole the show and really cemented SM2 to me as something truly special. But I thought the first half was great. Um, in terms of new arrangements, Halo and Fire, uh, Upon first listen, I thought was the best one. Uh, the Day That Never Comes was also excellent. Confusion, I'm not sure if... Um, I'm not sure just based on one listen how much the orchestra uh, added to the song. But I thought the at the very least, uh, the performance from the band was excellent. Um, but for me, the highlights of the first half were still the arrangements from the first S&M. Again, this is just based off one... Uh, listening experience. Uh, but The Outlaw Torn stood out to me as the absolute highlight. Uh, underrated song. Wanna, uh, I want it to be a part of their regular live set. Um, the fans as a whole seem to want that too. Um, but like I said earlier, the second half of the show is what really made it that one, two, three punch of Unforgiven 3, All Within My Hands Acoustic, and Anesthesia Pulling Teeth. Not to mention the classical pieces that came before that I thought were really well done as well. And one thing I did not mention before was after Anesthesia Plenty, that run of songs was just fantastic. Wherever I May Roam, uh, they brought back the live sitar intro like they did in the original S&M. Um, and I thought that was one of the uh, better songs from the OG S&M. So... Happy that made it back into the set list. Loved one. One was a highlight from the original show for me as well. And I liked the percussion intro. That was something new. Um, and it was really fun to see Lars Ulrich uh, play around with uh, one of the other percussionists in the orchestra on the snare drum. Um, Master of Puppets. Now, in all the arrangements from the original show, 
I really did not notice any differences. If there were differences or changes, they were very subtle and not noticeable to me upon one listen. But the exception to that being Master of Puppets, I maybe I'm crazy, you can let me know, but I could have sworn the arrangement was a little bit different this time around. It was a little bit updated. I really enjoyed it. Uh, maybe it was just the mix was different and I... Uh, and different things stood out to me. Maybe it was that uh, I was just remembering things differently in the moment uh, or hearing things differently in the moment, but I'm pretty sure the arrangement was slightly different uh, if it was. So like I said, I really, really enjoyed it. Master is my favorite song off my favorite album, and it was just really superbly done. And of course, like usual, the band ended with Inter Sandman. And, you know, knock this song all you want. I know it's a bit overplayed, but whenever I hear it in a live setting, I love it. The band still looks like they're having a freaking blast. I thought it was cool how um, the conductors traded off so they each had a moment um, in the finale of the show. And then the movie ran the ending credits, and one of the things that stood out to me was uh, in the last full-length of Metallicast, I had the Savettos, Ralph and Sarah, and they were talking about how when they were leaving the show... Um, there was a large, uh, uh, percentage of the fan club, uh, at least members that, uh, at least fifth members that had traveled from abroad, um, singing Olay. And I thought it was really cool that, uh, the end credits show that because that's not something you would have obviously experienced unless you were there in person. So to have that firsthand account on Metallicast from them and then see it in the movie, like a week or so later, that was really, really cool. So, like I, I've said a couple times, uh, this is was a little bit of an experiment, doing a Metallicast Mini, a Metallicast on the go, or whatever I decide to call it. Um, I know, uh, you know, the production values, Tommy Drink, um, are even <laughs> less than uh, the normal Metallicast, um, or lesser quality than the normal Metallicast. But I... Uh, not to keep on mentioning Anchor and plugging Anchor, but I've really enjoyed it so far. And to uh, and I recorded and edited this whole thing from my cell phone, um, which explains the uh, difference in audio quality, perhaps. Um, but it made this super easy. Uh, and I would like to do more of these as long as you want to hear more of these. Uh, and when I say these, I mean more mini episodes, more on the go episodes. Um, like I said at the start, now the baby Metallicast is very close. I'm not sure how much time I'll have to uh, sit down and I want to keep the content coming to you. So trust me, the full lengths are not going anywhere. Um, but if I can do more frequent mini episodes and get on some kind of schedule where I do one or two a month, then I think that would be a lot of fun. I have a lot of ideas plans for mini episodes, um, whether it's, I know we did want to, I did one a while back about whisking the jar. So maybe I can slowly over time, work my way through the garage ink covers. Um, you know, I have a couple ideas planned. If you, that is, if you want this to continue, and if you do want this to continue, you can let me know. Uh, the Metallicast hotline is dead. Yeah, it's dead and buried, but uh, you can leave a voice message on Anchor, and you do not need to download anything. You do not need to dial anything. You can do this from your phone or from your computer. 
uh, there'll be a link in the episode description. Just click on it and you can leave a voice message, which I can play on a future episode. Uh, so if you want to tell me that way, your thoughts on the mini on the go episodes, you can, you could also email me metallicast at fans.experts.com. Or of course you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm at metallicast pod and please download the free app called flick chat. Use the code metallicast. There's usually a link in the episode description for that as well. Uh, and speaking of links in episode descriptions, you know, if you do not like the production values, Tommy freaking trink, <laughs> um, there is listener support. If you are kind enough to make a donation, be greatly appreciated. Any money that I start making off this um, is going to go straight back into the show to upgrade equipment or to promote or what have you. And, you know, I never end many episodes with cover songs. Uh, and I'm starting to wonder if it's worth continuing at the end of full length. Uh, or almost, I'm almost two years into this project. And to be honest with you, I'm losing track of uh, what covers I've played, what covers I've not played. Um, is that something you guys really look forward to? Uh, is that something you'd be okay with, um, with it going away? Let me know that, please. And again, you can find me in all the places I just mentioned. Uh, you can leave a message through Anchor. You can email me, MetallicasFansOnExperts.com or at MetallicasPod on social media. Until next time, middle up your ass. Yeah! Fans not experts.